everybody, and welcome to Faithful. My name is Emma. My name is Christina. Uh, and this week is a really special episode because we have our first guest, my dad, to talk about Star Wars. <laughs> yes, it's me, your dad. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Uh, regular listeners to the show have probably heard me talk about my dad before and um, how he is a pastor and how he often uses pop culture references in his sermons to like help illustrate things. And mm-hmm. they've always been super cool to me and I know the congregation agrees. And so we thought it would be a really fun uh, episode to have uh, my dad on to kind of like talk about like especially Star Wars and oh, yeah. like its influence on like his faith and everything because i know it has <laughs> oh yeah yeah for for extra context here um emma and i keep track of like our topic ideas in a google doc and for i think about as long as we've had the the google doc going we've had star wars and then emma's dad must be a guest listening to star wars <laughs> that's great well it is a great time to be a star wars fan and i'm one of those odd star wars fans that likes or enjoys whatever it is that that disney or lucasfilm gives me i'm not uh i'm not a, a, a huge critic uh and so i just I just enjoy the wars for for what it is and so i'm not going to be bashing the prequels or the sequels nor jar jar binks i just i'm just a lover of all things Star Wars, so. Mm-hmm. That's good, because we try to keep it positive here anyway, so. <laughs> yes. Oh, well, perfect then. <laughs> that is also very refreshing to hear with the state of the internet as it is nowadays, and especially the parts of the Star Wars fandom. <laughs> yeah, it's very disappointing, I, I think. I don't know. I think, well, I, I have many thoughts. I have many thoughts about that. There, I think the good side of the, <laughs> if you can find a good side of the angry Star Wars community. It's that Star Wars resonates so significantly with people that they feel Mm -hmm. an ownership of it, right? They feel like, oh, this is mine. This is my story. And so when J.J. Abrams or Ryan Johnson does something crazy, it's like, oh, wait, you've actually stolen something from me, which isn't Mm -hmm. true. But it's what I think that is what's going on in people's hearts as they are very, very angry about Star Wars <laughs> for weird reasons. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. But that does a very succinct way of summarizing this issue. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yes. So the good news is that with the Mandalorian coming out or being out now, that it seems like we finally have something that is uniting Star Wars fans across the uh, across the globe, as far as I can tell. Baby yes. Yoda is a yes, big hit. Yes, Baby Yoda. <laughs> and, and so people are loving Star Wars again. So I just had a thought. Okay. You could probably make a lot of comparisons between the child, aka Baby Yoda, and like Jesus in the Jesus in the Nativity. Oh, that's very very interesting. Just from like the visual imagery, because I don't have access to a Disney Plus, and so I haven't seen any of the Mandalorian. Um, I have no context. Yeah, well, it's it is great, and he is very baby like, and we don't know. <laughs> Where he come from, similar to Jesus. I guess we have some some background on that. Uh, and and he does have some mystical powers, uh, which I suppose you could make a connection between Yoda's baby Yoda's mystical powers and the miraculous power of Jesus. But uh, yeah, that's where I think I think there's some connections to be made there. But we'll see where the story goes. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll have to take a look back at that in. 
uh, in maybe a, maybe a few episodes. <laughs> yes, exactly. That would be great. Um, so I believe that when I uh, was talking to them about this, we said that we should probably figure out a specific direction to go in, so that way we're not just rambling about Star Wars in, in every direction for three hours. <laughs> That's probably a good idea, yes. So what would you like to talk about today, Mark? Oh, boy. Uh, well, from my, what I have been thinking about and what Emma prepped me to, to talk about uh, <laughs> is just the I, idea of how has Star Wars, um, how have I used it as a, as a pastor and as a leader, which is a really funny thing to think about, uh, <laughs> and how it has, quote unquote, affected my faith. Um uh, so, I mean, we can talk about that. If you want to talk about specific bits of the movie, I, I can do that too. But that's that's not exactly what I planned on. But I could I could go there if, if the necessity arises. I, I definitely believe that you could. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, wherever you want to start with that story is totally fine with us. And we'll just jump mm -hmm. in whenever. Yeah. Okay. Okay. This is um, a conversation. It's a conversation. So, so I was born... In 1975, and that was two years before the original Star Wars movie came out. So I don't know when it was that Star Wars came into my my realm of knowing. Mm -hmm. I feel like maybe my dad took me to watch The Empire Strikes Back, um, which would have come out in, I guess, 1980, 1982, something like that. And but I was very young. But it's and so eventually we got the VHSs, right? And so it just became part of what we what we what we did. And we had all the Star Wars toys and we played Star Wars. Uh, you know, we had some other stuff, G.I. Joe and mm -hmm. and uh, He-Man is a, a thing and yeah. Transformers and all that stuff. But mostly my brothers and I played with Star Wars. And then after Return of the Jedi, as you guys know, there's a long, long Star Wars drought mm -hmm. uh, until The Phantom Menace came out. Which and was in 01? I believe it was it was right in there. It was 2000 or 2001, something something like that. Okay. And so, like, so we were, my Amber and I, uh, we were very, very excited about the about Phantom Menace. And Emma, you were born, I think. Yes. <laughs> 98 remember. when I was born so. okay so you were definitely you were definitely out when, <laughs> when the movie was out uh, anyway so I love Star Wars I grew up watching Star Wars we loved the prequels you know we were just those kind of weirdos that just enjoyed it because we finally had Star Wars on the screen again mm -hmm. and so but that was I was not it was not even in my realm uh, of consciousness that I was thinking about it in any sort of a of a spiritual way mm -hmm. um, fast forward 10 years or something uh, and I end up uh, going back to school to become a pastor start working at a church and you know a little bit after that begin actually teaching uh, on Sunday mornings you know preaching sermons or or whatever and as I am preparing sermons, I'm trying to think of ways for how, how can I take this content of a book written, uh, you know, best case scenario, 2000 years ago, and then with some of the Old Testament texts, you know, three or 4000 years ago, uh, you know, how do I help us as a as a community in 2018 or 19 or whatever, to actually 
understand what this is saying to me in, in my context or how do I live that out? And so as I'm pondering these things, uh, I try to think of illustrations, you know, like from my life or from the world. Just you know, as, as we know, uh, Jesus taught in parables and he was in an agrarian community where people were fisher fishermen, they were, were farmers and, and uh, shepherds and things like that. And so he would look around at those contacts and he would use illustrations from that. And so as a, as a pastor, you're looking for what is some sort of a, a shared context that we all have in common that, that we can use. And it's interesting in our current culture because the options for entertainment and the options for our life context are, can be so radically different. Not everybody, even here, you know, I live in, in Portage, Michigan, right? Even here, there is a vast difference of socioeconomic things and racial differences and just our upbringings are different, our religious backgrounds. And so there's all these differences. It's, it's somewhat challenging. Like what's, a, what's something that we can all hold on to? But for me, growing up in this kind of Star Wars infused world, uh, and it seems like even people that don't know Star Wars, I can't tell you how many people I've met, they're like, oh, I've never seen a Star Wars or I've never seen you know, this or that. But they know who Darth Vader is. They know who Luke Skywalker is. They know the general take of, of, of the movies. And so, um, yeah. They have those cultural touchstones. Yes, exactly. And and so they, so it gives me something. So I was, um, I was teaching on the, the story of the Good Samaritan. Um, and the Good Samaritan, as, as many of us probably know, uh, there's, there's this guy traveling to Jerusalem and it's on this very dangerous road and he gets jumped. Um, and so a priest walks by and ignores him. And then some other Jewish person, I can't remember, walks by uh, and leaves him there. And then the the good Samaritan, the Samaritan man comes and, and takes care of him and takes him. And so I was, and for us in 2018, 2019, you know, Samaritan, doesn't mean anything to us. And so I told the, the story as if like there's this person laying on, on the side uh, of the road and Luke Skywalker walks past, but you know, he has to get to the Jedi temple. And so he ignores them, right? Obi-Wan uh, walks past him. He has to do something else. And so he ignores him. And then Darth Vader comes and picks this man up and takes care of him. And like, even for people that don't know Star Wars, that is ridiculous, right? He's the ultimate bad guy. He kills people. He slaughtered, you know, the, the younglings in the temple. Like there's nothing good about him. And how would he be the good guy in this scenario? And that's exactly the, that's when Jesus said the Samaritan came and took care of him. That is the exact, or at least a similar mind space for those listening to Jesus. And so for me, it's a helpful way to communicate truths of, of scripture in a way that people can understand that's really interesting yeah that makes a lot of sense i i do have vague memories of that sermon i think <laughs> yeah yeah people liked that one <laughs> now i have to ask was that i'm assuming that was not the first time that you referenced star wars in a sermon um no uh for sure it was not my 
my boss at one point actually told me that I needed to settle down on the Star Wars references. Um, and and uh, the and so I so I did for the most part, and I found that that people enjoyed it. Like yeah. they they're like oh they would look forward to or at least there was a certain number of people that really in, enjoyed it. They were like oh we can't wait to hear you talk. We really like your Star Wars references. Um, and so as a pastor, you actually want more than the Star Wars story to impact people's hearts and lives. Yeah. But, you know, you take what you can get. Yeah. That's, it's just like a gateway right into the, the whole sermon. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hopefully. Oh, yeah. I, I feel like Emma and I have probably discussed that, like, I think it was probably in our episode on the Book of Mormon musical. Right, mm-hmm. Emma? Probably. Where we were talking about, like, the the fact that sometimes the the message that you are being asked to deliver needs to be like phrased or like set up in a different way to be able to actually like reach the most people because like like you said not everyone comes from the same background but if you say you know i am your father everyone knows what you're talking about yes exactly mm-hmm. so yes yeah, so i've never seen the book of mormon musical i I would personally recommend listening maybe to the soundtrack and not necessarily going to see it. <laughs> the the I I personally cannot fault the production that I saw like technical wise. It was it was very good, but a lot of the flavor and the humor is not something that I personally was a fan of or comfortable <laughs> listening to. Gotcha. Interesting. I mean it's by the people who made South Park, which I am oh, not a fan of. Really? <laughs> Yeah. Okay then. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm I'm picking up what you're laying down. <laughs> so, yeah, that's great. So, so so Christina, from your background, um, you are, if I understand correctly, you're Catholic. Yes, I am. That's correct. And so, in the uh, in your the the sermons or what have you in the in the Catholic Church, do do you hear? Uh, illustrations from from pop culture very often Um, or does it depend it's it's pretty dependent i would say i imagine that in a lot of parishes that are set up with maybe a more um with a more like youth oriented kind of parish if it's like especially if it's on like a college campus there's probably like the priest is probably much younger (laughs) um my the, the churches that i've been to before have been a pretty mixed age range and so there's not quite as many cultural references um although actually uh my my dad is a deacon and whenever whenever he gives homilies he usually relates with experiences from his life uh one time he rewrote uh twas the night before christmas to be uh nativity themed which was which which was a very well received uh homily i think yeah, that's great. I think there's just something people just want something to to contextualize it, right? Or they want something interesting. We've all sat in sermons or or, or homilies that are just boring, and yes. like you're not going to get anything out of that. It's like it's just hard to stay tuned in. And the content is probably great. It's probably really good, but it's just like you need something to to liven it up. And and like I said, you know, we even see uh, Jesus doing that throughout throughout the gospels so for sure yeah yeah 
Yeah, so I don't know. I'm trying to think of other like specific examples of Star Wars uh, illustrations that I've used. I can't. I can't think of anything. You know, like that. The the, the Good Samaritan thing was pretty significant because I built kind of a whole chunk of the of the sermon mm-hmm. around that. But often, and I think it's because. I watch a lot of movies. Amber and I really, my wife, Amber and I really enjoy watching television. We like pop culture. Mm-hmm. And so we watch a lot of things, but Star Wars is the, is predominant. I think maybe the only thing that I've watched over and over again. And then I have a group of friends that we play games on, on, on Friday nights and many. I've heard you talk about those a lot. <laughs> yes. Yes. And there's a zillion star Wars themed games. Right. And so you're just learning more of the backstory. And so I just think in that kind of, in that realm of the star Wars realm. And so it's easy for me when I'm like trying to figure out, all right, Paul is talking to the, the, the church in Thessalonica and, you know, he's trying to communicate, I, I don't know, you know, how do you love somebody and how do you value somebody above yourself, right? It's easy for me to see, oh, wow, man, I can see that in, in Luke, right? He valued, you know, his, the, the life of his, his father over his, his own life. And so he was willing to, to sacrifice himself, even if that meant he was going to, you know, and so I can just, I just mm-hmm. see those kind of things. Um, and so you most have that of my, existing like framework since you've been like taking in so much of the so much of the world that Star Wars has set up that it's your kind of like go to framework when you're needing to put something in a different setting. Ex- yeah, exactly, exactly. And so now um, that Amber and I are uh, reading the the Harry Potter novels and we are watching the movies. Like I was talking. The other day, oh, I was teaching a sermon. I was preaching about how you need to love your enemies. And and that's one of those things that it preaches really well, but it's hard to actually live, right? It's hard yes. to actually <laughs> do it. Um, and so I try, and everybody's like, oh, yeah, for sure. You know, I you love your enemies. And maybe you'd, you know, have a little plaque on your wall that says love thine enemies or, or, or something. <laughs> and we all agree with that. But then I was, and so we were just reading was it order? I think it was Order of the Phoenix, right? And I hate Dolores Umbridge so much. <laughs> and I love to hate her. And I was like, Jesus is saying to love your enemies as if, and imagine Harry Potter try, being told you have to love Dolores Umbridge. And like, what does that even mean? Right? And like, there's yeah. like, because we still have to, like, you got to stand up for yourself to some level, I think. Right. And you have to value yourself. But it, uh, the idea that Jesus would have laid his life down for Dolores Umbridge to forgive her, like that's bonkers. And so for me, right, it's it just contextualizes something that's just abstract into something that we can hold on to. Mm-hmm. If you need an example for that, it uh, actually, no, wait, never mind. That's a spoiler for book seven. I'm going to be quiet about it. <laughs> oh, well, you can spoil it. I've watched all the movies. Okay. I'm thinking of the moment when Harry does the self-sacrifice in the forest that then extends protection to everyone at Hogwarts, but it's not just it's not just the Gryffindors or the Hufflepuffs or the nice Ravenclaws, it's everyone. It's including oh. the Slytherins, it's including Peeves, it's including um the bad teachers at Hogwarts, whose names I can't remember anymore. 
Oh, see, that's brilliant. Like, and I mean, it's not challenging. I listened to you guys' episode uh, talking about Harry Potter, and I really, really in- enjoyed that. Thank you. And right, it's not difficult to find kind of messianic or Jesus-like uh, pictures within within Harry, right? And mm-hmm. um, and so I, 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 but I think that is so clear. And and I think that in a in a way. More that I was talking to Amber about this the other night. That that I think that uh, what was Harry's mom's name? Lily. Lily, thank you. So Lily was very, uh, if we're going to use archetype, we had this Jesus archetype. She was willing to to sacrifice herself to lay down her life right for for Harry. And I and so I was like, and I I think there's something here. Now I'm just thinking out loud. On, on the podcast <laughs> is I think that there is a, a way to if you put Lily in that Jesus archetype that that Harry is can be seen as the church right Jesus lays his life down to provide and to, to for the, the the flourishing of the church and then as the church goes on its its mission, if, if you will, to, to bring the, the gospel or to exp- extend the, the way of Jesus or the kingdom of, of God, they ultimately fulfill that in the way of Jesus. And so in Harry laying down his life as Lily did, we mm-hmm. as the church or as members of the church lay our lives down as a way to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyway, so that's so, really interesting. <laughs> so, Emma, we need to go back and do a whole other Harry Potter episode on how actually Lily was Jesus the whole time. <laughs> Jesus was Lily. Lily was Jesus the whole time. So, yeah. So, and I really enjoy I'm going to look up. You mentioned, and I don't think it was in the movie, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, those two Bible verses on the tombstone. Was that in the movie? It might have been shown on, like, the tombstone prop, but maybe not recited. I don't remember. It's been a very long time since I saw the movies, but I had to look up the quotes from the book. Okay. Yeah, and that's, to me, that's very interesting because we have uh, certain people in, within my congregation uh, who (laughs) are not super psyched about the Harry Potter episodes, and I don't you know, they're just like, oh, it's Harry Potter. Is that okay? You know, and so I make this joke, right? It's like, well, tell me what wizards are okay to like, like Gandalf or uh, Aslan from, from the, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and which wizards I'm not supposed to like. Um, yeah. And, and they're like, well, you know, C.S. Lewis and Tolkien, they were, they were Christians, and, and uh, Rowling, Rowling, whatever, is not. And I'm like, I don't think that's true. Like there's mm-hmm. so much biblical content and biblical themes within the the work of, of Harry Potter. And I know we're not here to talk about Harry Potter. Um, <laughs> but that it's okay. th- there's so much going into like I'm like it, she's at least knows a lot. If she's not a believer, she's right on the cusp. <laughs> right, so, for sure. So anyway, I, I, I think there I think and there's and you could like are we supposed to practice witchcraft? No, right? Um, is in there's there's similar things with Star Wars. People are like, well, we should we can't celebrate or partake of Star Wars because you know the Force is much more I don't know Buddhist or or Zen than it is Christian. 
which is true. Like there's this idea that the force is this living thing that in, you know, is the trees are, have the force and the rocks. Right. And that is, um, I'm, I'm not very good with, uh, other, you know, talking about other religions very knowledgeably, right? But that, you know, but the, a tree is not God. God created a tree, but a tree is not God. Whereas certain religions would say, you know, the tree is God or, the, you know, the part of the tree is God or whatever. And, and, and like, or, well, yeah, that's, tr- okay, that's true. You know, that there's some things about the force that we wouldn't agree with, but like, I just, I just don't, I just don't care. Right? I'm not gonna. <laughs> what, I don't. I'm, I'm not gonna start practicing witchcraft because mm-hmm. you know Harry and Potter said some. Harry and Potter. Harry Potter said some Latiny <laughs> phrases, right? Like, I, it's mm-hmm. not actual. You were not. These aren't actual spells. We're just using some sort of a, a contextual device that draws people in, because mm-hmm. the story. It's the same story. Star Wars, Harry Potter. Uh, the Lord of the Rings, it's this story of good overcoming evil, right? And that is the story that makes us all come alive because we want good and right and justice to to overpower the, 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 the selfishness and the degradation, the corruption that we see uh, surrounding us in, in the world, right? And that's yes. why we watch these these movies and read these stories. Mm-hmm. That reminds me of uh, something that I was talking with uh, Emma's and my friend Alice about one time, which is that in we were talking about Star Wars within the, within the context of like the Jedi and how they try to control or like regulate the way that the Force is not necessarily used but like made aware of. Yeah. And yeah. from my pers- from my perspective, it sounds a lot like since I am Catholic, I'm pulling from Catholicism that the Jedi are Catholics trying to impose good and evil upon the force, a system, which is not, which is not inherently like moral. It's just based on a balance. And that instead of it being like, there's good things and there's bad things. Like, no, there's just giving and taking and shifting of resources back and forth to try and get Mm -hmm. to that equilibrium, which for Catholicism is a pretty um, anathema concept, and I yeah. imagine it's probably so for most of Christianity as well. Yeah, exactly. I love that that Christina. So I have a friend. His name is is Drew, and he is not a believer, but he's a, a fantastic guy. I love him to to death, and we talk about uh, Star Wars a, a lot. And he has very extreme positions on things like Chewbacca and Han Solo um, and huh. Ewoks. And, uh, and, and so we talk about the force and he's like balance of the force is an equal amount of good and an equal amount of evil. And I'm like, no, like, no, 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 no. The ba- balance of the force is all good and no evil. Yeah. And like he, and like, so from a Christian perspective, that makes sense mm-hmm. or from, a, you know, but from a secular or, you know, perspective, like, he just can't even get his mind around how that is balanced. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like, don't get me wrong, and I'm, and Emma, feel free to agree or disagree with me on this. Like, I definitely want it to be, I want Star Wars to be a story of good triumphing over evil. I just, I wonder if some of the issues that are arising is because of, within the narrative, this, this kind of trying to impose morality upon a system which does not have morality included in it. 
or not included, but morality is not an important part of the system that they are trying to use it with. Oh, that's really good. <laughs> am, am I blowing? Am I blowing smoke out my butt with this? No, <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. I, you, you got, you've got me thinking, and huh. <laughs> I think that um, with so hmm. we see the, the the Christian Church often, and I won't I won't speak of the Catholic Church because I'm less less familiar. But we see the the the, the Christian Church historic. Well, I would put Catholics and Christians. So I don't know what do we say Protestants and Christian and Catholics. Uh, Protestant and Catholic might be a good might be an easy divider. I. Yeah. I have I have actually never taken a religious studies class in my life, so I cannot really tell you a good divider. Well, we'll put us all in the in the in the Christian basket for right now. So Christians historically have often tried to impose morality. Which, yes, they have. <laughs> which is interesting because, like Jesus, I don't want to get myself in trouble. Jesus certainly imposed morality. Jesus is truth. And Jesus taught the, the way of love and valuing other people and self-sacrifice. Jesus mm -hmm. taught that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And so I'm not in any way saying that he didn't impose morality. But he certainly didn't do it in the way that the church has historically mm -hmm. practiced it. He mm -hmm. walks up to Matthew, the, the tax collector, and he says, you know, come and follow me. Right? And if we understand who Matthew was and what a tax collector was at that time, right? He is hated. He is uh, a, a traitor religiously and politically. Like he is the bottom of the barrel as far as, you know, the, the Jewish uh, mentality was. And Jesus doesn't say, hey, get these things figured out and then come follow me. He doesn't say, hey, pay everybody back and sell your tax stand and do X, Y, and Z, and then you can follow me. He said, hey, if you would like, you can come and an apprentice under me. You can come and follow the way of Jesus. And we, obviously, as the story unfolds, Matthew does follow Jesus and ends up, you know, changing his allegiance from Rome to Jesus. Um, but it wasn't this imposed, like, Jesus didn't go around beating people up, right? The only time we see Jesus kind of get a little bit rowdy is in the, the temple when he makes uh, this yes. whip, right? And that's against the religious leaders. That's my favorite Easter gospel, the, the Jesus of the table flipping. Oh, come on, Jesus, right? But that wasn't, it, that wasn't the, the, uh, the heretics, or it was the heretics, it wasn't the the, the pagans, right? It wasn't the Gentiles that he was doing that to. It wasn't those people. It was the people who were, you know, giving lip service to the one true God and yet taking advantage of poor people and, mm -hmm. you know, selling things in the temple, making the, the house of prayer into a den of, of thieves. And like, mm -hmm. that is the way that, that Jesus imposed morality was by showing a different way and mm -hmm. living a self-sacrificial self uh, life uh, of love. And I, I think we, 
and so, oh my goodness, I've got off on a rabbit trail, didn't I? The, 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 <laughs> we see the, 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 the Jedi doing that same thing, right? They're kind of imposing this, this hierarchy of like, this is okay and this is not okay. My my understanding is, but well, the thought that I had while you were uh, while you were giving the example of Matthew the tax collector was that the big difference, especially when it comes to um, I, you're one of you is going to have to help me by providing examples for this, but there's a difference between imposing morality and then like providing and inviting to it, because in in the cases mm-hmm. a lot of the times historically in. It, especially in the Christian church, I'm sure probably in other religious systems as well, a lot of the times there was, it was an imposition of morality, like, hello, we are here fresh off the boat from England and we're going to impose our morality upon you and now you must follow our rules or else you are bad and we are going to have to do something to you. Whereas, and like oh. in Star Wars, that would compare to like the Jedi the Jedi show up on a planet and say, your child is talented in the force. We're taking them by. (laughs) Be prepared to never see them again. (laughs) Yeah. Which is completely bonkers. Right. And so Mm -hmm. like, I never under understood any of that. Like that was great. And then their, you know, their whole, the whole Jedi code is a little bit intense. And then there was something in, in all of the, in the midst of that, that they had, they blinded themselves to what was actually happening Uh-oh. with the rise of the empire and with Palpatine. They couldn't like the most evil force user in maybe all of star Wars history is sitting like a hundred feet away from them. And they're so clouded by kind of their own, they're just gotten mm-hmm. mixed up and they were leading, they were, they'd become generals in the war, which is like, like what are your peacekeepers like well we're gonna keep the peace by forcing our way upon all these other planets it's like oh, well, i can't like we understand that that okay you know and i am i am a moderate moderately pacifist guy i recognize that the god used war and that sometimes war apparently is necessary i don't understand all that but i think we when we see the way of jesus that it is not the way of power overcoming power but it is the way mm-hmm. of 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 laying down our, our lives to, to that overcomes power which doesn't make any sense and and so the jedis were they were just all messed up and we see that in the in the the christian church uh in i don't can't remember i don't know my church history very well but in the in colonialism when the when england and in spain are, are moving into to africa to evangelize mm-hmm. right they don't contextualize the gospel to the african continent no. they say let no. us show you how to build a methodist church here in africa right and it's, and so you have this this uh african village with thatch uh buildings and you know people are just you know living the way that people did in africa in the, in the village and yet there's like a perfect replica of like a, an, an english church with pews and the the same hymns except in a you know, different language and it's like they, there was no contextualization and obviously much much harm was done in in that yeah. process so yeah anyway so <laughs> Yeah, and so it's easy, and and so we can look back 
our, you know, hindsight is 2020 and go, man, those, you know, the, the Church of England really messed up there. And, you know, you know, our the, you know, early forefathers, they messed up in this way. And, you know, we've, and, but we do the same thing. We miscontextualize the gospel in our lives and we impose our ideas on, on people, even with the best of intentions. And so I think it's very, very important that we learn from the, the Jedi that it's easy. Learn what not, not to, to do. <laughs> exactly. No. Oh, wait, this can happen to me and not to get on our high horse and go, oh, wait, I'm way better than that. You know, or, you know, that would never happen to me because it's like, oh, wait, I'm just a corrupt, fallen person, just like they were. I could easily fall into that trap as well. So anyway. Uh quick question for the two of you, since I imagine both of you probably are more seeped in Star Wars lore than I am. Um, are there any examples of, like, the Force being not necessarily taught, but, like, explored or harnessed by a group of people that isn't the Jedi? Yes. <laughs> yeah? Like what? Right, Dad? Like, there's, like, the, um, those, like, sisters from the Clone Wars? The Night Sisters. The, the Sith right? Witches. Yeah. Um, and, and so the Sith witches are still canon, uh, in the Clone Wars, we, we find them and on Dathomir with Darth Maul and his brother, um, oh, I don't oh my goodness. <laughs> well, it'll come back to me at some point. <laughs> I also haven't seen the Clone Wars. <laughs> oh, come on, Christina. I'll send it to you. I can't send it to you. It's on Netflix. Or no, it's on Disney Plus now, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, so, probably. It's time to get a Disney Plus account. My my roommate was saying that we should get Disney Plus instead of Netflix, and I said, "I but I need Netflix for Great British Bake Off." Well, that's that's that is the trick. So Amber and I were in a real pickle trying to decide what, like, how many streaming services is it actually necessary for us to uh, to subscribe to. Apparently, it's a lot of streaming services, but. <laughs> There's just so much good content on all these different platforms. It's crazy. It's a a crazy time to be alive. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But yeah, Yeah, so Sith witches? So so you got the Sith witches, and they practice a much more witchcrafty kind of way of the Force. And so they don't have any of, you know, there's there's the Jedi and the Sith that's very clearly black and white, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and that's one of the beauties of the original trilogy and maybe most of star Wars is, it's just very clear, right? There's good guys and there's, there's bad guys. Um, and so it's okay to shoot the stormtroopers because they don't have families. They don't have feelings. They're just kind of mindless bad guys. Right. And so it's, and so you can tell a more epic tale of, of good overcoming evil because it's very, very clear. Um, this is a, as a side note, it's actually what I really like about Harry Potter is because it's so much less clear. Like mm-hmm. Harry's messed mm-hmm. up, Dumbledore's messed up, Snape is super messed up, Hagrid, don't even get me started. That guy is an absolute <laughs> abomination of a mess. <laughs> and hey. like, no, he's great. We love him, but he is certainly messed up. No offense. <laughs> Amber loves him too. But they're 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 hot they're realistic, right? They have highs and lows. Right. Even even Tom Riddle, you know, uh, it's like, yeah, he's evil. He's bad. He shouldn't have killed. Who did he kill in the Goblet of Fire? That poor little guy. Uh, Frank. 
Is it Frank? Frank is the was the groundskeeper, I think. Oh right, he kills Frank. It's terrible. And, oh, he kills Cedric, Cedric at the end, you know. And so he's bad. We know he's bad, but we just learned. So Amber and I are reading um, Half Blood Prince, and it's like we're starting to learn some of the story, the background, right? And it's like, oh wait, like not that it makes it okay what he's done, but at least it's like okay, I'm starting to see some of the situations in his life that have pushed him in in this direction um and so mm-hmm. i like the murkiness of, of harry potter but you don't get that in star wars there's good guys and there's bad guys um the sith are bad guys the the jedi are good guys the sith witch are pretty much in the bad guy category because they're kind of like necromancers and using the force though they're not tied to the sith code or the jedi code they do, they do kind of their own thing. In no longer canon, what do we call not canon anymore? The, um, oh, there's a word for it. The stuff that used to be canon that's gone now. The, it, all the old novels. Extended universe? Excommunicated? It's been excommunicated, exactly, Christina. <laughs> there, was, um, there was Han Solo and Princess Leia's son. Um, oh, Amber would know his name, too. Jason, Jason Solo, uh, he went on this big, long journey uh, and met with a ton, like six or seven different force using traditions to learn from them. Okay. Um, and so, so in the books, things got a little bit more gray and even Obi or Qui-Gon Jinn is said to be a great Jedi, but, you know, because he doesn't follow the, the, the Jedi council. Because he he recognizes a flawed system when he sees one. (laughs) Exactly. It's Qui-Gon Jesus. No, I guess Anakin's kind of Jesus because of that midichlorian thing. Yes. Who's the most messianic figure in Star Wars? You've got the virgin birth, which is very interesting. That's pretty on the nose, yeah. It's pretty on the nose. And in the long run, he does overthrow the dark side. Yeah, in the very end. Yeah, yes. in the very end. He goes the through a rough period. Of which, the movie. <laughs> yes. Jesus never went through a rough period as far as we know. So <laughs> No. And my faith says he never did, so. <clears throat> so anyway. I mean Yes. Luke wasn't a virgin birth, but he did have he didn't never necessarily stray to the dark side. I mean, he had kind of like the temptations kind of thing happen, but it wasn't ever a, it wasn't ever a Vader turn to the dark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we never did. You're right. I think that's he is the closest we get to if we set Anakin aside because of Anakin's messed upness. But Luke is. You're right. Like he just. What's interesting, right, is that he's adopted. He's living with somebody who's not his actual father right and so obviously mary was the human jesus's mom but joseph is you know kind of a what would you call that stepdad father stepdad or whatever and 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 then and so luke 
then he goes on this this mission and he brings freedom to to the galaxy. Jesus he goes to Tossie Station to... to pick up some power converters. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just like Jesus sitting with the uh, the rabbis when he was twelve years old. So it's a perfect parallel. So so then what does that make Leia if we're if we are comparing Luke to Jesus? Ah. Uh, does Leia also get to be Jesus? It's just, is Leia also Jesus? That's interesting. Can she be Mary? She can't be Mary. Hmm. It's interesting. So she has such a such a little part in the and that little part in the prequel and the original trilogy. I was gonna say I, I I don't want to have to fight you on this podcast, sir. Yeah. I don't know who Leia is. I have to think about that. Where, what category? What is she revealing to us? And obviously, these none of these stories. It's not like I don't think when Rowling was writing, right? She's like, all right, Jesus is Harry, and so Harry has to just do Jesus things, right? And Lucas certainly was not saying Luke, Luke is Jesus, and so Luke has to do Jesus things. But we can see in these great characters, Leia, even the loyalty of Chewbacca. Um, you know, in, you know, uh, or whoever, like we can see characteristics of, of good and obviously Jesus is the, the ultimate good. And so we can see Jesus-y characteristics in, in all these good folks. So that's a cop out. That's a cop out for me not being able to figure out who Leia is. (laughs) (laughs) What about Han then? Where does Han fall on this on this comparison? Han is an interesting character, right? I, now that's I, I gotta get me thinking here. So Han is good. He's the scoundrel. He's he, he, is he the Apostle Paul? <laughs> that's really great, Christina. That's brilliant. So <laughs> right, he's he doesn't believe, right? He's a non-believer in the first movie. Right. I don't, you know, you know, uh, what's what's he say in the, the cantina? You know, hokey religion is, is nothing. You know, I'd much rather have a good blaster at my side. And then in uh, The Force Awakens. Right. Yeah. He has that beautiful moment where he's like, it's true. All of it. You know. And so I don't think I, I don't know how long it would have taken me to get to the Apostle Paul. But I love that. Like I'll put, I'll make Han the Apostle Paul because he was a pretty radical dude, um, in 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 his day, just like just like Han was. So I love that. Before I forget, I would be remiss if I didn't mention. Have you two heard of the theory that Han is actually force sensitive? No, Emma, have I, you heard that? No, I don't think so. I I think it's someone was writing commentary on a post of some kind and they were mentioning the fact that Han Solo makes all of these incredible that he makes all of these like incredible shots with his blaster without even looking at them like just turn and fire at someone and incredible reflexes and good luck and like sensing of like dangerous situations. Like I think someone compared it that he has the most, I've got a bad feeling about this out of everyone, apparently. (laughs) And part of me wonders if it's not just the, Hey, everyone really likes Han. Let's give him all the cool lines and the cool shots. Or if if we could read a little bit more into it. (laughs) Yeah. I think it would be, 
I mean, certainly Han is, everybody loves Han. He's just great. Everybody loves Han. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and I, I mean, obviously I'm not going to subscribe to the, the idea that, that Han has has force uh, uh, abilities, at least maybe he's got some subtle latent force abilities kind of kicking around back there that he's not tapped into kind of like when, uh, when Harry, you know, makes the glass disappear and, and what's his name falls into the snake, the snake pit, that kind of a mm-hmm. thing. And so Quint, you know, he's just kind of without knowing, but I don't think he could get trained. I don't think any Jedi would turn up on Corellia and be like, yeah, we're going to take this kid. He's great. <laughs> they probably wouldn't want to train him. They'd be like, oh no, this kid's going to be, this kid is going to uh, burn the Jedi temple down by accident with a roguish smile in three days. <laughs> exactly. And that's probably true. <laughs> yeah. He would have been, he would have been a terrible Jedi, I think. So. Yeah. I think, I think if, if the force, you know, the force is in everything and everyone, I think it definitely is possible that Han like has more force sensitivity than the average person but not enough to become like a jedi or be trained mm-hmm. yes i think i think that's i think that's likely so yeah if and so i think if somebody had their heart dead set on making han force sensitive i think you could walk that out but not everybody could be force sensitive if everybody's force sensitive nobody is <laughs> i bet that you could like if you really wanted to like it would be kind of unethical, but like find like a really small baby and just from the beginning of their life try and train them to be a Jedi, even if they're not force sensitive. I bet you could get pretty close. Well, look at um, uh, General Grievous, not force sensitive oh. at all. Oh yeah, because he's mostly robot, and yet he's very like he's you know he's obviously Obi Wan says he's highly trained in the Jedi arts. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, then that's just the question of training that I I have also not seen Attack of the Clones in a very long time. I don't remember if General Grievous ever displayed any kind of force powers outside of being able to use four lightsabers at once because he has cyborg forearms. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Yeah, he definitely could not use the force that we ever saw. Okay. And so, I, so my guess is that what Obi-Wan was talking about was when he learned the Jedi arts was that meant that he was real good at using that lightsaber. Yeah. But predominantly he had like ball bearings on his wrists and could just spin them around really fast, which I'm not sure what Jedi technique that is, but you know, what, what know. Do it's I kind know? of the one with like Kylo and his lightsaber going in circles or whatever. Oh, you're, are you talking about, um, or in the in the rebels rebels when the the uh, oh, well, uh, what were those guys the, the seventh sister the the Jedi Inquisitors could like helicopter their lightsabers yeah. what yeah, yeah really they had it was there was like the handle and then like a circle around the handle that two blades would spin around and they would just hold it above their head and fly around yeah. oh my god are you, are you serious <laughs> I'm a big fan I started out this recording saying that I'm a lover of all things Star Wars I'm just happy with what they give us but even that was hard for me um, I'm just... that was a tough one for me I, I, I don't understand scientifically how that would work. It doesn't. Yeah, it makes no sense. And I think that Dave Filoni, when he was questioned about that, that he said that when he was making Rebels, he was trying to think of like, 
when I was a kid and I had Star Wars toys, what kind of things would I do with my Star Wars toys? And so he's really trying to make Rebels <laughs> from a kid-like playing with Star Wars toys perspective. And that's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I don't think that's necessarily a bad way to go about it because a lot of the times, like, it, thinking like a kid is good to, you know, like, get you into a different kind of a mind space and maybe come up with things that are more original than the tried and true, like, fight scene kind of a things. Yes. And it worked for most of Clone Wars. Yeah, like, absolutely. I, think that's, I mean, that's absolutely the worst part of it, probably. Yeah. But, like, the rest of it's really, really good. It's great. So it okay. and, uh, and I've heard the same thing, you know, George said that about... So when George made... Um, George Lucas made um your the personal phantom friend menace. my personal friend george when he made the phantom menace his son i think his son's name is like sky or something ridiculous like that um, hey we have a friend named sky I'm, i just yeah i'm sorry i i have a i have a, I have a person that i love very very deeply that's that's named sky i just met in the sense that he was named after skywalker oh um, okay. Um, okay well and and so that he when he made the phantom menace he was like made the whole movie of like what would my young child think was cool right and so you've got these little kids and you've got the really long pod race and there's some and you got this goofy jar jar like there's a bunch of stuff that as adults we're like what is even happening here yeah. <laughs> um, but if you look through it you know kids like emma you know who grew up watching that movie have a different feel about it than mm -hmm old you know people that grew up on the original trilogy that now they're going back as adults going you know they're watching it and going wait a minute what's what what's going on here so it's different i yeah like my memories of the like original or the um the prequels i feel like i remember distinctly when i realized people didn't like them like, I just had, had no idea, which is probably yeah. a symptom of living in the Morris house. Yes, <laughs> you're welcome. But <laughs> No, thank you. But yeah, I would never have thought, uh, like, the pod race is too long or Jar Jar is a weird character. Like, that was just, they were just parts of the movie, it's just, you know? Yeah, that's just what it is. Yeah, and it's not like Amber and I are blind. It's not like we can't see problems <laughs> in The yeah. Phantom Menace or in, you know, like the... A relatively challenging love scene in episode two or the yeah. love sequence with Anakin and Padme. It's like, that's just challenging. Right. <laughs> but we get what's trying to happen. Right. And it's just like, and the truth is that, that young people in love are very goofy. That's just reality. <laughs> We've all yeah, been there. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. So <laughs> that's just how it goes. So, uh, so Emma, when yeah. you think uh, of, of your faith, uh, can I ask you a question? I know this isn't my show. Can I ask you a question? Oh, no, I would love it. <laughs> uh, so when you think uh, of, of your faith in, do you, what are the stories? And Christina, you too, I would be interested. What are the stories or the narratives that you kind of pull things together with? You know, what, are there ways that you contextualize it through you know, whatever stories that you guys grew up with, Power Rangers or whatever it is. <laughs> Continue to watch Power Rangers, <laughs> both of us. Um, that's a great question. Uh, if you have an answer, Christina, go ahead. I'm still thinking. No, it's okay. We both can have time to think best and I'll cut it in post. Yeah. 
Because we forget that we can edit stuff out like silence right. what we think. <laughs> yeah, and that's a challenging question. So if, it, if it's not, I don't don't worry about it. But I was just... No, it's a great one. I I think with, I mean, like, having you as a father, like, Star Wars really comes to mind because some of my early, like, fundamental, I actually am aware of what's happening in the mm-hmm. sermon memories of church would be when you were preaching and talking about Star Wars and, like, I could actually understand what was happening there Mm -hmm. so that definitely has strong impact on my faith Mm -hmm. and especially doing this podcast it i don't know if there's like another one piece of media that does that for me but i just like to be able to look at things from that perspective Mm -hmm. and think about how they would apply to me just as they come yeah you know because i think we can find these contextualizations within whatever we watch or consume. Um, I've never thought about it really before. So whatever it is that we watch, you know, we can kind of think about it. And so uh, Emma, you remember, I haven't listened to it lately for a long time, but what was the first arc of the Adventure Zone called? Oh, it was called Here, uh, Let There, uh, Here There Be Gerblins. Here, Here There Be Gerblins. Yeah. In that whole, and then, so after that was the the train one, and then Pedals mm-hmm. to the Metal. What was that whole arc, that whole, you know, they call it, was, was that Balance? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So, that story was Balance, yeah. <laughs> and and so I, our, our worship leader at our, at our church, there's not many people in my church that I would be like, hey, you should go listen to the first arc of The Adventure Zone. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and I would never use The Adventure Zone as a illustration from the pulpit um and i don't think that's bad like i'm trying to hide that no but it's just it's like there's certain yeah. things that are less like i don't want a bunch of little kids going oh the adventure zone's cool pastor mark said it's fine i'll go listen to it because <laughs> right. we know for a fact that especially in that here there be gerblins art yeah. is <laughs> when they were is, finding their sea legs <laughs> oh my goodness is like yeah it's like that's some, there's some relatively blue humor in yes. there. And so I told my friend, uh, he's the worship leader at our church, and him and I are very similar in many ways. And, and he was listening to something. I think it was a different actual play podcast of something. And I was like, if you want to listen to like the best actual play podcast I've ever listened to, go and, and watch or go listen to the balance arc of mm-hmm. the, the adventure zone. And I'm sure the stuff that came after that was fine, but the ba- like, there's something really special about balance. <laughs> there, yes, absolutely. And, mm-hmm. and it's really funny. Like it draws you in because it's really funny and, and mm-hmm. goofy. But then like, as we get near the end, right, there's so much heart. Oh yeah. And, and, and the story that, that, that Griffin is telling is that you know, this idea of found family uh, is so good and it's universally true but we can find that within the the judeo-christian worldview that family matters in self-sacrifice matters in in loving people you know above yourself matters right and so whatever it is that we consume i think if it's good media right we can find uh ways to contextualize our faith within it so uh, yeah, bringing up the adventure zone is I that completely like <laughs> was over my head for a second. Like I forgot that that existed. But, oh my god! Like, oh, never forget. 
I never forget. <laughs> like, I, I mean, the first episode of this podcast that we did, or at least one of them, was about Merle Highchurch just as a character. Okay. And, mm-hmm. like, I think he's honestly affected my faith, or at least how I look at it in media or something like that. But, like, I just think his character is so interesting in, like, his mm-hmm. relationship with, like, Pan and, like, you know, having doubts and struggles, even though Pan just keeps continuing to yeah. help him. And, like, they, he, Pan, like, gave him this huge arm that's awesome and, like, has powers and stuff. But, like, Merle still is, like, I don't know if he really cares about me that much. And, yeah. Like, there's a lot of those little moments. And then, you know, Merle starts out as this, like, crunchy, pretty bad dad character who isn't really a very good person but like by the end of it like the end of balance he's like sacrifices himself and Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. there's that scene where taco or no where uh magnus's soul is being like sent off into the um, afterlife the afterlife and taco like does that spell that like like astral hand grabs him and then merle grabs him again like there's something about really like the last three arcs of balance probably that are so impactful and like probably one of my favorite stories of like good versus evil and that kind of thing oh yeah that's great that's great that's a great one Mm -hmm. did you come up with an answer for that question christina yeah um i don't have maybe quite as much of an example because i don't i haven't personally had to use a lot of fictional examples to relate, like, my faith to people. Um, and a lot of these are honestly probably going to be topics that we've talked about or that we will talk about at some point on this podcast. Sure. Um, but I, I mean, I do connect with Star Wars in a religious sense, especially as, like, especially going into it as an adult and trying to articulate it. Um, obviously Lord of the Rings and the Chronicles of Narnia. Um, mm-hmm. I read both of them when I was really young and Having, especially since J.R.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis were both very, um, were both very dedicatedly Christian, I guess I'll say, authors, Mm -hmm. that the parallels were easy to find when I was reading them at a younger age. Um, For sure. And obviously the Adventure Zone balance also ties in for me because it's just, it's a very good representation of, like, faith and, uh faith in just like how it can be used to help people yeah but that's so good yeah also my my last poll for this is actually the movie the sister act <laughs> no way <laughs> because it it is one of my favorite depictions of catholicism and i think it addresses a problem that is quite often found within the catholic church nowadays which is that a lot of the people um pre- current pope excluded uh, don't really have much of an idea of how to how to be truly connected to the world in which they are trying to minister to. And then the Sister Act has lots of examples of how to connect to your community, your surroundings, how to make the world better. And also, I mean, it has Whoopi Goldberg and, and Maggie <laughs> Smith both as nuns. That is amazing. <laughs> and it has phenomenal music, too. Uh, that's I'm trying to remember. It was literally... Within the last three days, over this Thanksgiving break, <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know if I was talking to a person or listening to a podcast. I just cannot remember. But they were talking about, they're like, man, I can't believe how many 
old Whoopi Goldberg movies I like. And they talked about the sister act. And I was just like, I remember that that's a movie, but I've never, certainly never watched it. Oh, it's uh, maybe, very good. Maybe it's time for me it's to. very good. Yeah, that's great. That was not what I was expecting, Christina. <laughs> but yeah, I love I mean, it so much. Honestly, like if you ask me to name movies that like feature Catholicism, I can't name many more aside from yeah. like the Da Vinci Code. And even then, that's that's not as much the the faith aspect and the ministry aspect of reli- of yeah. Organized You're not religion. often like whipping yourself at you know uh, what's, mm-hmm. what's that called self flagellation and it as uh, part of your uh, as part of your faith journey. Yeah, that's, that's messed up. <laughs> that's great. I love I love not the Divin- I did like the Da Vinci Code, but I liked I love that sister. I'm gonna have to watch that with Amber. It's very I wonder good. if we could do a segments podcast about Whoopi Goldberg. Ooh, I mean, you that probably could. Very, she's done. You could talk about Star ton. Trek with her again. <laughs> oh, I forgot she was in Star Trek. Oh yeah, she oh was my great in goodness, Star Trek. she's huge. Whoopi, mm-hmm. Whoopi's huge. Oh so, yeah, look at that. There you go. <laughs> That's great. I love that. Gosh, well, we went a lot of places with that episode, but I feel like that might be a good place to start wrapping it up. Yeah, yeah. that's great. I had I had a lot of fun. I hope I didn't ramble on too much about random. No, thank random you things. so much. This Not was at all. Uh, such a good episode. Are there any like final talking points we want to hit before we go into like the outro kind of stuff? Uh, I don't have anything on the top of my head. No, I think I think we covered a lot of fun stuff. Cool. Good. Well, um. Before we go into the outro then, uh, Dad, I know you've got a podcast. Do you have any stuff you'd like to plug that people could find online? <laughs> to plug, yeah. I've never plugged anything before. But yeah, so uh, my lovely wife, Amber, and I do a, a, a podcast that Christina likes 95% of it, um, which is great. Um, yeah. So we don't know what that 5% is, um, but yeah, we're going to try to find it and we're gonna do, we're going to eradicate it. The 5% was probably, like, early episode audio quality issues. Oh, my gosh. That That is, that is like, one of my, that is one of my major peeves when listening to podcasts. And I am glad to say that Segments no longer has issues with that. Oh, well, good. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a process, right? We're all, we're all in process. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so my wife and I do a, a, a set, uh, podcast called Segments with Mark and Amber, and it comes out twice a month, and we just talk about... A random topic um, in in a variety of segments, <laughs> and uh, you know, so we just whatever we like to talk about pop culture, and we like to talk about whatever it is, and so we just have a good time. We were just looking for something to do as a as a couple, you know, that we could have fun together, and so we decided to podcast. Yeah. So yeah, you know, we've got like twenty some listeners, so mm-hmm. <laughs> it's real big. Yeah. You're bigger than us for sure. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think our I, we have. Uh, I I am hoping that Faithful will grow its listenership in twenty twenty. That's great. That that is how I will put that in a positive framework. That's great. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough to. There's a lot of of podcast options out there. So, but mm-hmm. we're all we're all in process. We're all figuring it out. So mm-hmm. I don't know how to market it yet. And so I'm kind of yeah. And so I'm kind of getting off social media, or at least cutting back on social media. Which is obviously the way that you promote podcasts. So I don't Brave know man. what to do. I don't know what to do. So mm, we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So there you go. That is that a, that's not a very good plug, but that's what I've done. That's where that's where I'm at. <laughs> and I suppose you could follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at Segments Cast. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that is a very good plug. That's a good good plug. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you again so much, Dad, for being on uh, this podcast. It was really, really good. Thank you. Yeah, I had um, a great time. Thanks for having me. Of course. <laughs> You're welcome back anytime. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but going into our outro here, Faithful is a part of the Corner Podcast Network. We can be heard on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Pippa, and any other place where podcasts could be found. And if we're not uh, there, let me know and I'll work about and I'll see about getting us on there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know Dad has problems with uh, whatever his podcatcher is. Pocket Cast. Yeah, it's not on Pocket Cast. Let me check again. Huh. That's really weird. <laughs> it's really weird. This is going to be I'm the editor of my podcast, and I just know exactly how challenging it is going to be to edit this podcast that we're doing right now. <laughs> oh, believe me, this is actually this is actually going to be relatively easy, especially since I have like two weeks to edit it. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> um, our theme music is uh, "Start of Something Beautiful," courtesy of Ketza, uh, and we can be reached through an email at faithful with two L's pod at gmail.com or through our Twitter at FaithfulPods with an S. Mm -hmm. And since we're still a fairly new podcast or we're just a podcast that doesn't have a lot of listeners yet, uh, please rate and review us and tell people to listen Mm -hmm. if you do. Uh, Word of mouth is like the biggest way that podcasts spread and one of the only ways that you can do it without like buying followers on Twitter. Yeah. So So, um, how about about if we uh, how about this? If you are listening to this episode uh, or if you've listened to Faithful and you enjoy it, uh, share it with someone and let us know, and then we will give you a shout-out in our episodes. Yeah, please. Or just, like, add us on Twitter if you listened and you enjoyed it or something. We just like to know you're out there. Mm-hmm. We do. That's great. <laughs> um, here's our sign-off. Sign-off. Keep the faith! Hey, that's a Bon Jovi song. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I honestly no, did not, not know. It's good. Yeah, well, Bunch of was a rock star from the 1980s and 1990s. And her was a lot of them. Hey, look, it's Amber. <laughs> Hi, Mom. Hi. <laughs>